I used to watch the Boston Marathon, but I was those people on the sidelines drinking beers and hanging out and, you know, giving high fives. I was definitely not one of the runners. Diz Runs Radio, episode 842, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by Head Sweats once again. Uh, Head Sweats is a company that I'm an ambassador for. Today's guest is an ambassador for uh, basically all your headwear needs from winter gear to summer gear, uh, you know, hanging out around the house, you know, around the yard kind of of hats to running performance hats, cycling, uh, whatever it might be. If, if there's something that you tend to put on your head, visor, uh, whatever, um, they've got it and they've got cool designs. Um, some, some new stuff that comes, has come out just recently, uh, a, a really cool straw hat that, uh, sold out like nothing. So hopefully it's back in stock by now, but if not, you can check out the website and kind of see, you know, see when it comes back into, into play. Uh, but all the things that are available there, um, are, are of the highest quality. Definitely stand behind them. Uh, I've got some, some good things coming. Stay, stay tuned on social media. You'll see some, uh, some new designs that I've got. Um, and I definitely would love to see if you decide to get something, uh, what you decide to get, but check them out at disruns.com slash head sweats. That's obviously not their direct website, but it takes you to their website. And that is actually also an affiliate link so that if you decide to get, uh, get a little something, something, step up your, your hat game a little bit for this summer. Uh, it throws a couple of shekels my way, uh, at the same time at no additional cost for you, but wait, there's more. You can also, because I'm an ambassador, we've got a discount code for you. So you can also use the discount code disruns. 35 D I Z R U N S three five to save yourself 35% off of anything that you get. So uh, already they're not overpriced and then you're saving 35% on top of it and you're helping out the show and you're getting some great hats, visors, uh, whatever that floats your boat. Again, everybody wins disruns.com slash head sweats. Use the code disruns 35 at checkout. And now without any further ado, Let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, my guest today is a woman that uh, isn't afraid of taking on a big challenge uh, and tackling it head on. Uh, you know, when it comes to, I know a lot of folks' goals is to run, uh, or at least one goal that a lot of folks have is to run, you know, all of the world ma- marathon majors and uh, been there, done that. Uh, but then uh, today's guest has taken it up a notch as well and completed, recently completed, earlier this year, completed the uh, world marathon challenge, which if you haven't uh, heard about that before, even though we've talked about it a couple of times, but if you haven't heard about it before, seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. So, uh, pretty, I, I kind of feel like that's like the, the, the creme de la creme of challenges. I don't know. We'll get into that as we go, but, uh, all that to say, obviously big challenges, big goals. Uh, she's been there, done that and continuing to, to keep on keeping on. Uh, and then, you know, as if, as if that wasn't enough, she's also an Ironman, uh, athlete, CrossFitter, uh, all the things, which, which kind of, you know, as, as I was thinking about it, getting ready for today's conversation might make her one of the most well-rounded athletes. Um, certainly one of the, if not maybe the most well-rounded athlete that has been on the show to this point. Um, just all the different things, which is really cool. Um, and then, you know, again, also, if that wasn't enough, she's also a yoga instructor and owns her own yoga studio in, in Jersey. So, I mean, so many things going on. Uh, obviously, uh, 
uh, a busy lady under normal circumstances, although it's kind of as we're recording this, not exactly the most normal of circumstances, uh, but uh, certainly uh, glad that uh, she's been able to make a little bit of time today to uh, to join us. So uh, without any further ado, it's a pleasure to welcome uh, Ms. Carrie Mandel to the show. So Carrie, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here and yeah. share my story with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to find out a little bit more about Carrie and what she's got going on, things of that nature, um, yogaswole.com is the website and uh, is the blog site. And we'll get into probably her uh, the, the, the website for the, the yoga business as well at some point. But that's that's the blog and it, it links over to the, to the uh, yoga stuff if you're interested there. And also on Instagram at ironyogi14, I-R-O-N-Y-O-G-I-1-4 on Instagram. You want to connect with her there, kind of follow along with what she's got going on um, and, and keeping tabs on whatever that next big challenge is. Maybe we'll get into that as we go as well. But uh, as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes, dizruns.com slash 842 disruns.com slash 842 to take you back to the show notes for today. So Carrie, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, um, what, I, what I typically say, a very simple and straightforward question as far as me asking it. Sometimes it's a pretty simple and straightforward question to answer. Sometimes it's, it's a little bit difficult because there's so many uh, great choices out there. But either way, it gives us a good place to kind of start the conversation, kind of launch yeah. things forward. Uh, and it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So my favorite distance race would probably be um, the marathon or beyond or even ultras. Um, I'm definitely, the way I put or explain myself to people, I'm kind of like a diesel engine. I um, am built to go and last forever. I'm not the fastest, but um, I can definitely last the longest. So I really enjoy training for marathons and ultra marathons um, because I think that's just, they're just exciting and it's fun. And I love just being out there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I try to go into that, that question and and these, these, uh, you know, these, these conversations, if you will, with a fairly open, you know, like trying not to know too much, but I I think that, you know, just from, uh, (laughs) some of the things you've done recently, uh, I I would have to say that, that I was leaning towards marathon or something like that, something longer. If you you would have come out and said the 5k is your favorite distance, I would have been like, wait a second. Like I would have, it would have thrown me for such a loop. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, no. going, going long, that's, that's kind of my, uh, my forte as well. I, I would much rather, uh, grind it out for several yeah. hours than to just hammer it for, you know, 30 minutes or something like that. 20 minutes for the 5k. That's just not, not my thing, but, yeah. uh, enough about me, I, back, back to you a little bit. Um, curious to know where, how'd you get started in the, the running world? Is it something that's kind of always been part of your life to just stumble into it? Uh, you know, high school, college, after college, where, where did you get uh, started as a runner? So that's a great question because I actually didn't really start running until like seven years ago when I moved to New Jersey. Um, I grew up in North Jersey, moved to Boston where I lived um, and really wasn't that much into fitness as a child. I played softball and I dabbled here and there, Um, but it wasn't until much later in life that I became like this fitness fanatic. Um, I started running here with a group. Uh, I joined a gym when we first moved to Jersey and I saw a woman that was running on the treadmill every day. Um, she'd wear a weighted vest. And I went up to her one day and I said, what are you training for? And she said, the Boston marathon. And I, she was very intriguing. So I used to get to the gym earlier and just like walk next to her. And uh, she's like, have you ever really run? And I was like, I dabbled in five K's when I lived in Boston here or there, but I would never really consider myself a runner. Never thought I had a runner's body. We kind of laugh at people, um, thought runners were crazy and thought the thought of running a marathon seemed something that was so unattainable and out of reach for me that, um, I really never gave it much thought. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool and inspiring. You know, I used to watch the Boston Marathon, but I was those people on the sidelines drinking beers and hanging out and, you know, giving high fives. I was definitely not one of the runners. So through time of just kind of meeting this woman, Hillary, and making it to the gym early, 
I started slowly running and I would run a mile. And, you know, um, from there she was like, I want you to introduce you to my running group. And, um, there's so many different levels and paces and it's a lot, it's a lot of fun and you're new to the area. It's a great way to kind of connect and make friends and things like that. So I joined this group run around Princeton and, um, I remember going with them and I used to go, I'd be the last one They'd give you a slip of paper and they'd say, this is the route today good luck. We'll see at the end of the parking lot. And I was running like a 14, 15 minute mile and I'd come back and I felt so deflated and defeated and I'd cry. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like, why do people do this? Um, but my attitude about most things in life is I don't shy away from a challenge. I I really thrive on challenges. And even though at first it might be really tough and I might say, Oh, this is not something that I want to do. Um, after like a day or two, I'm like, no, this is something that I'm going to conquer. So all of a sudden it was like, I want to get faster. I want to be able to keep up. I want to, you know, participate. So everybody had been training for the Philadelphia marathon. So I decided that I was going to sign up and train as well. But my first official race was kind of the broad street, 10 miler in Philly. Um, and then my first official marathon was in 2016. Um, actually, no, I, I'm sorry, 2014. So it was six years ago, um, was my first official marathon. And from there, I just kind of got the running bug. I fell in love with running and I was like, I, I started to see and appreciate what everybody, you know, had been saying all along, started to lose weight, was healthier, and it just kind of changed my life. Um, I wanted to do all the six world majors. So within that time, I was like, well, this sounds like a good idea. I ran Philly. I'm going to run New York. And, you know, I started just ticking them off the list. So. And the, and the rest, um, as they say, is, is history. Yeah, history. Um, <laughs> Something that, that you said there that uh, kind of sparked a little interest in me. We'll see if it goes anywhere. As as per usual with my questions, it's kind of like, eh, you know, we'll see. If it, if it goes somewhere, great. And if not, yeah. you know, whatever, move on. But, uh, you know, kind of that that idea that you, you're not one to back away from a challenge. And even though it was a struggle, even though you're coming in as the last one in the group, pretty much every run, uh, you kept going. And, and kind of, if I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but you kind of challenge yourself to keep improving mm-hmm. and, and moving forward. Um, kind of strikes me as maybe there's a bit of, of competitiveness in you a little bit. Is that something that, uh, you know, maybe you foster the competitiveness side or the, the keep going side when it gets hard some, you know, somewhere else before you got into running, where did, where did that come from? Do you think? So, um, I mean, definitely like I was a little competitive younger and, and playing sports or softball was kind of, I guess my sport at the time. Um, but I think, you know, my life really, and I, the culminating point for me in my life was really around about 10 years ago. Um, I'm 38 right now. So I was 28. I just got married. And um, afterwards, I found out that I had cancerous cells in my cervix. So I had those removed and I found out that I wouldn't have kids. So that was a really big, I think, turning point for me with my fitness because I was very upset. I, I, you know, in my mind, I was like, here I am married. I thought that I had my whole life planned out. I was going to have these kids and family and, you know, my life, the trajectory of my life was going to be, you know, the certain path. And when I quickly discovered that that wasn't going to be the case, I became upset and kind of depressed, like a little frustrated. Um, And it was kind of yoga. It was the my my friend took me to first yoga class, and I always say kind of yoga saved my life. And yoga kind of opened the doors and allowed me to kind of really be present and to see how strong I was. And my attitude kind of shifted in those years, you know, at like twenty nine, thirty. Um, from instead of what I couldn't do or what my body couldn't do and how like, okay, I had this plan for my life. Well, that's not the case anymore. What could that, what will that look like now? My life just kind of changed. Um, and then it just became like, I want to see what my body's capable of and I want to push myself and challenge myself. So from there I moved to, we ended up moving to Jersey because my dad and my stepmom both were diagnosed with cancer and, um, we have a family business here in Jersey um, that my dad asked my husband to come and run and take care and manage. So we decided to pack up our stuff and, and move to New Jersey. And, um, 
I just, you know, was with, with it, cancer had such a big, you know, impact on my life and the people lives around us. Um, I just, it just kind of just, I don't know, it, everything just kind of mm-hmm. took this domino effect of how my life, you know, kind of turned out. Um, my favorite quote is life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And one of the things like I try to wake up every day and say, it's a great day to be alive and think about something really positive about the day and ways that I could challenge myself each and every day. Um, the quotes even found on my yoga studio wall as like a reminder to do great things and to be uncomfortable and like life is going to make you uncomfortable and life's going to throw you curveballs, but you can get stronger. You can get better. And, and that just kind of became my whole stick, I guess. Oh, that's that's fantastic, and clearly, you know, I, you know, running can bring that out in a lot of folks, and and you know, certainly yoga, and, and I mean anything anything mm-hmm. physical. That that idea of you know pushing past where your comfort and seeing where where it takes you, um, and and clearly it's it's taking you in in some places, and and you know in in uh, doing you know just crunching numbers quickly in short mm-hmm. order. I mean, if, if you ran your first marathon plus or minus six years ago, and uh, you know already. Uh, ticked off all the majors and and obviously the the uh, world marathon challenge. Um, when when did in that process of like you know I, I think back to my first marathon and yeah. uh, you know I I wasn't anywhere near as well prepared as I should have been. It was it was uh, it was a pretty good it was it was it was a pretty solid you know sixteen seventeen miles. It was that the problem was that last ten miles or so um, yeah. that uh, that I wasn't as prepared for as I should have been. And I can remember going you know like never again. Like this was. You know, this was a foolish idea, dumbest thing I've done. All right, I checked, you know, checked the, the the item off the. I don't even know that it was on the bucket list, but if it was, it's 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 been it's been ticked, and, and we're we're done with it. Um, and yet, you know, fast forward uh, ten years later, and, and here we are. You know, running is is kind of my thing. Um, but all that to set up, you know, it took me four, five, six years to really get to where I enjoyed running, and it was something maybe not quite that long, but anyway, it took multiple years to get to where I really enjoyed it. Um, have to imagine that that wasn't quite the case for you since in six years you've done more than, than a lot of runners may, may do in a lifetime of running as far as at least some of these places you've run and, 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 and whatnot and yeah. travels that have gone with it. Um, where did the seed to do the, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, kind of, oh, I might as well just do the, 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 the world majors. Where did that seed get planted for you? You know, it's such, it's so interesting because I'm, I'm really like an all or nothing person. And like when I get, when I set my mind to something or I get an idea in my head, I make it happen. And, and there's no, like, there's no way around it really. Um, and it, I feel, I feel like the crazier something sounds, the better I, at this point in my life, I kind of gravitate towards kind of crazy things. And I think it, I almost like a, it's like a compliment when someone's like, that's crazy. And I'm like, well, you're crazy. And I'm like, oh, that's, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Like, you know, I think doing all this is kind of about just showing myself that, I, and, you know, it may even, you know, if you inspire a couple of people along the way, that's amazing too. Like we are so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And we are, you know, we could do so many things and we get so stuck in our head, like this fear that holds us back. And I try not to live with fear. I try not to, I, um, each day is a gift. And I just, you know, I hope to live each day to the fullest. And I know that, um, you know, whatever that means for the day, it doesn't have to be doing crazy things all the time. But I decided, you know, at that point in this trajectory of my life that I was going to do anything that I wanted. And then, and I, and I could, and I was going to prove it to myself that I could, and that nothing was going to stop me. So with like the running piece, you know, it was in Philadelphia. And then I was like, Oh, well, let's go to Chicago. And then, so Chicago was my first major. And then when I realized like the majors were a thing, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. And we like to travel 
And um, what a great way to see different areas and do different things. And, and so from Chicago, I did New York. And then I was like, well, I'd love to do the Boston Marathon. I wasn't necessarily fast at the time. And like my fastest marathon was 347, which is nowhere near qualifying. So I decided that I was going to start fundraising. Um, I started fundraising for the Special Olympics, which I was very active in during my time when living in Boston. So I was excited to be part of their team. Um, and then from there, it just kind of like, well, I'm this far, so I might as well get the rest of the majors. So it just kind of just happened. Um, once the majors were done, like running didn't even happen first. It was kind of yoga. And then it was kind of CrossFit. I became a CrossFit coach. And I was like, well, then I'm going to run. And now I'm going to do, you know, this. So after after completing the world majors, I was kind of like, well, what do I do with myself now? Like, what's my next challenge? And, and someone had talked about the world marathon challenge. Um, but I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. I, you know, at that point, I kind of tabled it. It was kind of relatively new out. I mean, it was only this year was the fifth year. Um, so I think my next thing was like, I don't know how to swim. And I was definitely afraid of water. So my next big thing was like, okay, I'm going to try triathlons and I'm going to I'm going to do an Ironman. Well, like, well, why not? Right. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of forced me to take swimming lessons and get into a pool. I remember crying and like, putting my face in the water. I didn't want to get wet. I didn't want my head under the water. I, I cried and I was miserable. And I was like, why am I doing this? And then I took a few days and I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And I'm, I'm going to get be the best swimmer that I can be. So that kind of happened. And, and it, it just kind of everything. I just kind of feel like I take these step ups, you know, um, to something a little bit more, I don't know, uh, crazier than the last. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, you get, you get, I don't want to say you get comfortable, but you kind of get comfortable. Like, like, you yeah. know, running a marathon, like, okay, like, you know, it's still, you know, each marathon is still always going to be a challenge, but like, all right, right. you know, I can, I can handle that. Like I can, that, that's not yeah. scary anymore. So what's, what's the yeah. next thing that maybe gets a little bit scary? Oh, yeah. getting in a, getting in a, in the water and, and swimming yeah. as part of a, of a Ironman. Did you do, end up doing a, a full Ironman, half Ironman? Like, and, and I, I hate to kind of classify like, oh, only a half Ironman. Cause it's yeah. way more than uh, I've ever done. And when it comes to like, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid of the water. I don't mind swimming, but you know, I think that, uh, it's easy to forget that swimming, you know, a, a mile, what is it? 1.2 miles, 1.1 miles, something like that for the, the half Ironman. Like that's a long fucking yeah. swim as opposed to like, Oh, I can, I can get in the water and splash around, you know, but uh, anyway, all that yeah. to say, um, what, what was the, uh, so the Ironman experience? I did. My full Ironman was uh, 2018 in Lake Placid. And um, prior to that, I guess I did my first triathlon was a sprint triathlon in New Jersey, the Jersey State. And I remember um, they like the gun went off and um, this woman pushed my head under the water and I thought I was going to drown. And we're in this like lake in the middle in central Jersey, which is it's it wasn't a great place to, to swim and be. Um, but I remember thinking I'm going to die. And it literally took me 30 minutes to swim 500 meters. Mm. Um, I got on the bike and I was riding a crossover at that point and I never practiced drinking. Um, so when I went to go take my Gatorade and then, you know, put my Gatorade back in, I dropped it and I ended up rolling over. I fell off my bike, cut up my knee bleeding. And then from there was the run and it, it was brutal. And I was like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do any, like another one. Like this is terrible. Um, but that summer, like leading up to the Ironman, like I, well, I did a half Ironman first before I did the Ironman, but leading up to that half, I remember doing like every small race I could just to get used to the gun going off and the excitement and, and getting rid of the um, anxiety or, you know, the stress about being in the water with so many folks. And that really helped. Um, my first half Ironman was uh, AC in September and right before AC is when I kind of really signed up for the Ironman. I was like, well, I just need to do it. Like this became like a bucket list saying I hired a coach and 
I'm like, I'm not a great swimmer. I've been practicing. My times are okay. Like I need to bike. I can't really, I knew I can't train on a crossover. Um, you know, I don't want to be the best triathlete now that I can be. So that was just, it was just kind of cool because I wasn't a biker. I wasn't a swimmer. Um, and, and Ironman is from 2.4 miles. Um, when, you know, it took you, th- I mean, it took me an hour and six minutes to swim 2.4 miles. And I think back to the time my first swim ever was like 30 minutes and 500 meters. So I, it's in like two years time, I was able to, to make some huge gains. Um, but it was a lot of, you know, perseverance, hard work, dedication. It was, it's, um, I love, and, and the distance was fun. Cause I love, I love any like long distances, mm-hmm. bring it on, you know, I, I've dabbled in a couple ultras and things, you know, 50 Ks. So it's just, it's just kind of fun. Gotcha. Now, now for my, um, standard Ironman question, which is such a terrible question, but it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fun one anyway. Um, outside of the obvious, what's the difference between running a marathon at the end of an Ironman and just running a marathon when that's all we're doing for the day is just running 26.2 miles. Okay. The 67, my husband makes fun of me, um, and calls me like a snob because I was like, <laughs> um, Running an I running in an Ironman marathon is way easier than running a marathon. I don't know why, and I and I think it relates to because like I I've done like an eighteen miler on an LB like on this shore uh, the shore race and in like the middle like you know the, in the fall and I'm like this is harder than running a marathon like doing an Ironman at points and my husband was like you're you're a jerk like how do you, how does someone say something like that like that's ridiculous um, I think for so as as runners. I think a lot of times when we're just doing marathons and we're competing and we want to race, our goal is always kind of like you want to qualify for Boston or that always becomes like a thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're trying to beat your time or get faster with like an Ironman. I mean, unless you're really elite, it's kind of just like you're there to finish you have fun and and you're not expected to, you know, get a three hour marathon after that. So I think a little bit that makes it a little bit easier is like the mentalness, like it takes the pressure off a little bit. So you don't, you're not so hard on yourself if, you stop and, and go to the bathroom or you, you know, pause for an extra second at the water station or you shuffle, you're not going as fast. Um, it's almost to be expected. So it feels different. Um, and everyone's kind of in it together and you're like, you know, it's, and it's this mental thing. It's like, you have like, it's three stages. So you have their swim and you're like, check and you got the bike and check. And now you're on this last one. It's exciting. You're like, oh, I have one more. And that kind of helps fuel you. Um, it's exciting. It's just different. You know, I think yeah. it's the more the mental piece that makes it easier. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it totally makes sense. And I, I'm trying to think back. It's been a while since I've talked to, you know, some, some folks that have done triathlon, just specifically the Ironman, mm-hmm. e- either half or full. But it's been, it's been a while since I've had that this part of a, of a conversation before. And I, I'm trying to think. I don't know that anybody's ever said it like that, but it, it absolutely makes total sense. You know, like like mm-hmm. you said, as, as, as runners, no matter where you are, you know, three-hour marathon, five-hour marathon, like mm-hmm. wherever, anywhere in between or anywhere on, on either end of that, um, a lot of us, maybe not quite everybody, but a lot of us, like, like the time is, there is some type of time goal involved with it. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I can, I can think I could relate to the idea that with, with an Ironman, especially a full Ironman, um, you know, as long as you're, you're beating the, the final cutoff, you know, that, like mm-hmm. who cares if it's a, you know, whatever, a four hour marathon right. or a six hour marathon, like as long as you're getting in before, before they, they roll up the right. timing mat and, and, uh, and shut down the course, like, you know. You just, you just, you've been, you've been working out for whatever, two, three, four, five, six hours before you got to the run anyway. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I can see how it would take some of that pressure off of like time goals and, and maximizing every second, like whatever, we're going to get there and that's all that matters. Um, 
And it's kind of fun. Like, I like the feeling of, I mean, you, you said it earlier when after your first race, you're like, Oh, this is terrible. Bad idea. Like, why did I do this? Did you check the box? Um, I like live for those moments. Cause I think like most races you feel that way. You're like, why at some point during the race, you know, you have like the levels of racing where it's like fun and exciting. You're going, you're, and then you start to question your sanity. And then it's like really great at the end too. You kind of, you know, um, I mean the same with the trap, you know, an Ironman, um, you're like, why the heck am I doing this? Um, but at the same time, like you want to almost die, you know, at points, but I love that feeling. And then, and then you don't, and then you're like reborn somehow, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, I am invincible and I can do anything. Um, and that's like that, like the exciting part of it too, you know, whether it's a marathon, I feel that way and, and triathlons or whatever. It's just kind of like, I like live for those moments of it's really challenging and I'm at, and I'm at my edge and, um, I'm able to go beyond what I think I'm capable of. And that's, and that going into the world marathon challenge, like that was part of the reason of doing that. Like I dug so deep in the well, I had to get down so far and pull that out of me to be able to complete it. Um, and that's, those are the moments I can live for that I like. I'm like, I, that's what helps you kind of just discover how strong you are and what you're really capable of. Yeah, well, speaking of World Marathon Challenge, let's let's dive into that a little bit since uh, sure. you, te- you teed me up for it, which I think I was going to try to go there anyway at, the, at about this <laughs> point. But hey, you know, don't uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. So, um, you know, I, again, talk about an, an epic challenge. Like I, I don't know even know exactly where to start. You know, seven marathons, seven seven continents, seven days. So not only do you have you know the accumulated fatigue of running twenty six point mm-hmm. two miles every day for for a week straight, um, but you also have time zones and traveling and not probably the most ideal recovery situation when you're, you know, kind of coming off of, of a run and within, you know, depending on where you finish, as far as relation to everybody else, you may have a matter of minutes, matter of a couple hours, but you know, in, in short order, you get on an airplane and fly in, you know, not just flying in some little, you know, hour connector, but you're, you're literally over the course of seven days flying around the world. Um, you know, being somebody who we've pretty much already established, there's no, no challenge that you're going to necessarily, uh, at least not many challenges you're going to back down from. Like it might be, might seem daunting, but you're going to, you're going to saddle up and give it a shot. When you first heard of the world marathon challenge, how long did it take you to decide that was something that you wanted to do? Um, probably two years. Um, cause it was just kind of like earlier, like when I, when I first heard about it, it was kind of early on in my kind of fitness journey mm-hmm. rather early. Um, and it wasn't top of the iron man that I was like, when I was like, what am I going to do next? And it kind of popped up again. Like people started talking about it and it's just kind of funny. Um, and I was like, wait a second. I heard about that before. Right. It's interesting. I think I want to do it. And I looked at my husband. I'm like, I want to do this. And he was like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I'm like, no, I'm really going to do this. So being a yogi too, I'm like, I'm like, I always feel like the universe guides you to where you're supposed to be. And like things happen and, and door, certain doors start to open and I decided that like with anything that I want to do, like, you know, a big goal oriented. And once I kind of set that goal for myself, I kind of like put it out in the universe. Like this is going to happen. This is what I want to do. And, and I talk about it. I share it. I let people know what my intentions are um, because I think that helps kind of help it manifest. So when I, it was 2018, September or October, I finished Lake Placid in August, um, July rather. And it was like September, October. I decided that I was going to do this. And my husband's like, well, if you can figure out a way to pay for it and like, you know, do whatever, like, yeah, go for it, whatever. He's like, I'll support you, whatever you decide to do. He didn't really think it was going to happen, you know? So I remember making a video and I put it out to all my friends and people on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, listen, guys, 
I'm going to do the, the world marathon challenge in 2020. You know, um, this is my goal. I'm going to start a GoFundMe. But I knew when I did it and I, when I decided I wanted to run, I didn't want to, I had lost my dad and my stepmom and I'd lost a good friend of mine to cancer. I didn't want to do it for myself. I wanted to do it something for greater than, you know, do it for something greater than myself. So I was like, I want to do this and I want to help raise money for cancer. So I kind of, you know, put that out on um, GoFundMe and, I, you know, kind of sparked some interest. And a friend of mine knew, had contacts at the American Cancer Society and was like, I think this could be something that they're really in, they could be really interested in. And if you help them, they can help you and, you know, kind of create like a partnership. A lot of races have, um, will buy bibs, like or mm-hmm. organize charities will buy bibs for races. No one has ever done that for the World Marathon Challenge except this year. So I kind of had a meeting with the, the American Cancer Society and I was like, listen, I want to raise a ton of money for you and I want your help. Um, helping me run around the world and, and how, what can we do to make this an event for the charity? Um, what would that look like and how can we make this happen? And after, you know, several months of conversations with them, you know, they decided they were going to help me and we were going to go on this journey together. So it started to come through fruition, which was pretty amazing. Cause I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't totally sure how I was going to do it mm-hmm. and, and figure it out. And, um, it just all worked out. So, it's been, it's kind of been an amazing kind of process and seeing and, and being able to raise a ton of money. I mean, right now I've raised about $60,000 uh, for the American Cancer Society, um, being able to help folks, you know, who are battling cancer. And, and one of the things I love about the, the organization so much is, yes, they do a lot with research um, and legislative and funding, but they give a ton of money back to, to patients and their families. Um, and they're always available and accessible 24 hours a day to help folks um, lodging or r- rides to treatment or information or whatever it may be. And um, they were just, you know, really been really great to partner with and work with. And now I'm kind of have an ambassador with them and plan to continue to race mm-hmm. and raise money for them. Um, so, yeah, so it, I don't know if I got off tangent or if I answered it's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, well, and I think, you know, I mean, the question kind of was, you know, how did it come to, to fruition? And oh. I think that, that it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, this isn't one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, I think I might do the world marathon challenge and oh look, it's, it's, it's a month from now. Like good to, like there's yeah. a lot of planning and logistics that go into something like this, obviously. Um, and, and, uh, definitely want to get into a little bit more with, with, uh, team determination and, and the American Cancer Society and, and raising some money, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, that, that side of it in, in, uh, in a second. But, um, so, so, you know, we, when you have the idea and I think if, if the numbers are right, you know, it, a year and a few months, a year and three months, a year right. and four months, something like that from when this, the seed really kind of started to take hold to when the event happened. Um, what's, what's training like for an event like that? I mean, do you go out and just, you know, run a bunch of back to backs or, or what did you do to prepare for the demands of running seven marathons in seven days? So after the Ironman, I had some plantar fasciitis stuff and I had some heel spurs and some stuff. So I had to take some time off from there. So I really wasn't running October, November, December. Um, and January, I started dabbling a little bit and I was meeting with my sports doctor and I did some prolotherapy, which some injections in my feet. So I wasn't running a ton at that point. I was doing a lot of swimming and biking to help with the endurance and cardio. Um, and I, uh, the official running didn't really take place until June, uh, or excuse me, official training, I guess. I had always been kind of training. I never took time off. And even like during, um, like off season time, I was still working out or, you know, maybe lifting a little or, or doing some different stuff. So I'm always kind of active and, and fitness is, is a huge part of my daily life. It just kind of, you know, changed and then started to evolve. And as you're training for something like this, so you had June, July, August, September, October, November, December, like nine months, um, 
it was a lot of mix of, I had some really big peak weeks in the fall where I was doing, um, trying to run different times of the day, different, different mile, um, averaging 80, 70 to 80 miles a week was really at my peak. Um, and trying to get used to different times of the day running. So I'm somebody who gets up at three forty-five every day and I like to work out and I'm at the yoga studio by 9am. So I spend like four hours a day, whether it's running or biking or at the pool or whatever it may be. Um, and then at night, if I need to, um, but knowing that, yes, we were in seven continents on seven days, we went through 16 different time zones. We were running in the middle of the night and kind of preparing myself for that. I did a lot of these like overnights or long runs, um, ultras. I did a few ultras during that time period to help train. And just, it was all about like back-to-back long runs too, because you want to get the fatigue on your body, but it had to be a balance because I was dealing with injuries and different things. So my coach didn't want to overload me too much. Um, so that's why like the biking and the swimming was so important as well to kind of keep me safe and injury free. And that's where like the yoga really helped as well too, with the stretching and the mobility and flexibility, um, to help prevent you know, injury prevention. So from June until, you know, we left, um, the end of January to head to South Africa for the, where the race kind of debriefing started. I had just spent a lot of time. I mean, it was, it was six, seven days a week of some sort of, you know, we, 40 hours a week of exercise. Um, and it kind of varied, um, as we kind of progressed throughout the, those months, to, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah I bet. Um, I'm, I'm sure you got to know a lot of the people that, that were on that, at least the people that spoke English, cause I know it's a worldwide thing. So not everybody is, yeah. is, uh, um, you know, the communication can sometimes be a little bit difficult, but, um, Jessica, Jessica Jones, who, who ran it as yeah. well, uh, she was on She's the show. Amazing. Um, gosh, what was it? It was, it was like a year ago. Jan- so it was like, she was like, I'm doing this one year from now was basically the time that, that I talked yeah. to her. So, um, all that to say, I was kind of following her journey a bit. Cause it's somebody like I actually knew and talked to and, and been interacting yeah. with on social media when it, when it happened. So I know that it, it kind of got off to a little bit of a false start, I, I think with mm-hmm. planning to go. And then of course, you know, you're, you're figuring out Antarctica. That's like the biggest logistical challenge because the weather can change mm-hmm. so quickly. And, and it kind of did. Um, so all that to kind of set the stage for how did, how did you handle that, that, uncertainty of we kind of know when it's going to start and then we think it's going to start and then oh nope never mind like can't can't i don't remember exactly the the details but can't make it to antarctica for one reason or another push it back a day kind of how did how did that play out that uncertainty and unknown and and just kind of lack of better way saying it that false start that it was how did that impact you or or did it impact you to just kind of roll with it well you had to and one of the things that richard denham the race director said to us is that you have to let go of all control like we're all like really type A. A lot of runners like you know type A, like very like OCD. Like I, things have to be a certain way, or we, we're so used to controlling certain aspects of our lives and our training, and whatever. He's like, you have to let it go, and you have to be able to go with it because like when you get the, it's you know, um, it's like the Barclays when the calm goes off, like that's when the race starts. Like you have no idea what mm-hmm. it's going to be. With the same with this, it's like the weather, Mother Nature is un- unpredictable, and even with flights and delays, you you can't say that it, races are going to start at certain times. We have like an idea of what we want. But so you have to be very flexible and that's very hard. And that's hard for me in general in life. Mm-hmm. Cause like if I want something or if I think something has to be a certain way and it's not, it's, it's hard. Um, so you had to kind of mentally prepare yourself to like, let it go. I think the hardest thing about the false start was we had all carved up and we were like mm-hmm. eating and eating and eating. And then we didn't run and we just felt kind of gross. Um, and we just kept eating again. And it was like, just kidding. Not yet. And then you're just like, so finding the balance of, I think nutrition was one of the hardest challenges throughout the whole week because you know, we were carved up, I guess, in the beginning and we felt pretty good. Um, 
but then there wasn't enough time, like between each of the races, there wasn't enough time to eat all the, the things that you needed to eat, to drink everything you needed to drink, to rest, to recover. You were just lacking. So it was just, um, it was kind of a scramble. Like the whole week just felt like a scramble, like do what you could do. And you kind of like got into like survival mode. Um, but as, as far as Antarctica, um, he wanted to take a special plane. Um, and he wanted the same plane to go on all seven continents, and he was trying to make history. And when we quickly dis- discovered that it, the weather was really bad in Antarctica and the plane would not land, I mean, all along, he was telling us that it's going to be 32 degrees. It's kind of like going to be like the, you know, northeast winter. And I'm like, I've run in, you know, 30 degrees. It's no big deal. I like it. Um, I've run in, you know, 10 degrees. Um, so I wasn't really worried about the weather. I was looking forward to Antarctica the most. Uh, but when you find out that it's like negative 30 and there's 40, 50 mile per hour gale force winds, um, and now you have to take this Russian military plane there and that, you know, he, like, in normal conditions, like no one's running in that. Right. But um, once we made the decision to change the planes and keep bumping it out, he knew that everyone was waiting for us in Miami and that we had family there. He made the decision to start in South Africa. So once we started in South Africa, the night before um, Antarctica, um, it was like all, all bets were off. Like you mm-hmm. have to run it. Like there, the, t- the time was clicking. And if you wanted to finish um, in the allotted seven days, you had to run. So, and we had no choice. So we got on the plane, we get, you know, the Russian aircraft, um, which kind of smelled like diesel fuel. It, was, it gave me like a massive <laughs> headache. Um, and you land there and you just like, it took them several hours to, to set up the race. The race was, you couldn't eat or drink anything. Everything was blown away. There was no like safety there was, um, kept getting, it was snowing and they had, um, oh my God, the snow was like up to my knees and points, you know, just was getting these like snow drifts. Um, that was that in that, in that race, it was probably like one of the things I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I got frost, <laughs> I got frostbite on two toes and frostbite on my finger. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I thought he might've like canceled it, like, or it might be like, oh, this is, this is too dangerous. But it was like, you signed the waiver and you you could, there was nothing stopping you from going to being warm inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I didn't come all this way to, to go inside and to not do this. So I, I didn't care what was happening. I was going to, you know, get through it. And um, I was grateful when that was over. Yeah, <laughs> I was bet. Hard. I bet. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I feel like, you know, talking to folks that have either done this challenge before, or, you know, some of the folks have just done, you know, run a race on Antarctica or, or you run, you know, went to Antarctica, run a marathon at, at some point just in isolation. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just such a, just a roll of the dice. Like you don't, like it could have been oh, yeah. 30 degrees and halfway calm and like not too uncomfortable, or it could have been what it ended up being because yeah, once, once the decision was made to start and, you know, to start South, you know, to South Africa, you know, run in South Africa today, right. like, like this is, we got to do it. We got to go. And there's not a whole lot of, yeah. of, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, like that's, that's it. So yeah, oof, not to, not ideal conditions to say the least. No, last year they were in shorts and, um, like, and it was like lovely. I was like, right. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm you, like, Oh my God. Yeah. You get, what you, you get what you get. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the start didn't go quite like it, it planned, you know, the weather right. in Antarctica wasn't quite like, uh, you know, I don't know that you can ever really plan for the weather in Antarctica, but it wasn't what it could have been. It wasn't as ideal as it, as it could have been. Um, how did the rest of the, uh, the, the, uh, trip go? I mean, was it somewhat as smooth sailing as you could have hoped for, for, for all the logistics that were going on or, or how did the, the last five um, uh, days play out? 
Um, Antarctica really messed us up because by the time we got there and we were delayed to start, we were delayed leaving. The plane had a hard time taking off. Um, there were set, just several delays, which just like they had built in time in Dubai and Madrid, fortunately. Um, and they were if if things had gone off on time, we would have had extra downtime and we would have had more time to like rest or not be on the airplane. But as it turned out, because of what happened in Antarctica and the way it bumped us back, we had no time. So now it was just like we're racing the clock and we're racing to get on and off the plane, get the race in, get it done um, and keep moving forward. So Australia was probably the best race for everybody. Everyone was and certain people didn't finish Antarctica. There was um, six people who didn't complete the challenge at all. And, and, and Antarctica took a couple of them out um, because they were getting like really bad hypothermia. And it was just it was dangerous conditions. And some folks were like, this isn't worth it, you know. Um, so. But everybody, once we hit Australia, we had the longest, that was the longest flight. We had eight or, or time between races. There was 18 hours. So we had the most time to kind of relax and kind of, you know, collect ourselves. And when we hit Australia, it was like all, like everybody, it was like the fastest marathon for everybody. Like everybody was so pissed about Antarctica <laughs> that they went into Australia and they were like, we're hitting this hard. Um, so in Antarctica really messed up my knee a little bit because at points like you're you're not really running like you're we had it so you could run and uh, once you kind of came back around with a rectangle the wind was in your face and at forty you know fifty mile per hour gusts of wind you're just kind of head down walking but it kind of messed up my knee and Australia messed it up a little bit more so I was in a little bit of pain we had quick turnaround time to go to um, Madrid and Madrid was on a Formula K racetrack um, and it had banking turns right. and we didn't switch directions. So my left knee was bothering me already. You're running and all the pressure is going into my left leg, which made my ankle, my ankle started getting real messed up. So my ankle leg blew up from there. We had eight hours. We had quick turnaround time to get to Fortaleza and, um, Brazil was actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Dubai and then Brazil, but, um, I know Dubai, sorry, Dubai, Madrid and Brazil. Dubai was kind of like, whatever, uh, Madrid messed <laughs> us up. And, um, Fortaleza was so hot. Uh, most of the races we had done in the nights, like Australia um, and Dubai and Madrid, were at night. We didn't see daylight for three days, um, which was kind of crazy. And you're just, it just, you're in each time zone, but you're just like, it's just night again. And, right. and you you have no idea really what time it is. It doesn't necessarily matter. All you need to know is like the, the time you have in between each event um, and when you need to run again. But I remember Fortaleza was the second to last one. And we started at like noon. And it's hot and it's like close to it's over 90 degrees. It's really humid. There is no shade mm-hmm. and the sun is just beating on you and you're going to run this race. And it's, it was such an extreme, like a hundred degree different, like, you know, just extreme from Antarctica to, to Fortaleza, Brazil, which was kind of crazy. So that was hard. And then it was like another eight hours before you run again to Miami. So, so the last part of the race just felt like there was no reprieve. You were just mm-hmm. getting like pounded, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, and I, I feel like, again, I mean, as somebody who obviously hasn't, hasn't done something like this yet, I, I, I will not say that I will never do it, although it's not on, not on any uh, planning list anytime soon, but we'll see, you know, I've, I've learned my lesson of saying never, you know, I'll never do that. And then, uh, you know, things happen, but, uh, um, you know, you say like, you just feel like you're getting pounded the whole way, especially at the end and there's no, there's no let off of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's like, that would have been the case anyway, but then, yeah, when you, when you really, yeah. you know, put the, uh, the, the time frame gets jacked up from the start, man, it just, it makes it even harder. Um, how did you handle 
kind of trying to recover in between. And, and I, I would imagine, although I don't mean to, uh, to put words in your mouth, but I imagine that some of your yoga practice and, and your, and, and that side of things really helped to, to play a, a factor in that. But, but how did you kind of try to keep your, keep yourself together from, from one event to the next over those seven days? Um, yes, yoga definitely did play. Uh, I tried to meditate and, um, I found legs up the wall, uh, or hips on a block or kind of, you know, any kind of like an inversion in, mm-hmm. with yoga just kind of gets the blood moving in a different direction that helps with, um, any kind of swelling or fluid, you know, build up in the legs. So, and the way back of the plane behind the last aisle, there was kind of a section where I could lay down and I kind of created my own space and I had my legs up and, um, it was interesting because out of the whole week, I probably slept a total of 14 hours. Um, when you have limited time and you only have like, like eight hours, and there's there's no food. They have food for the race itself, but there was no like post-race food. So you were either either eating at the airport or you were eating on the airplane. So when you get on the airplane, let's say you have eight like you know eight hours. The first two hours are food service, and the last two hours. So you have like four hours in between, but you're trying to ice your legs. So it's like twenty minutes on, twenty minutes off. You're trying to reboot. You're trying to use your hypervolt. Um, anything that you can do in order to try to help the swelling. My legs are up the wall. Sleep was always kind of the last thing. I was more worried about refueling and eating get eating enough calories because there was just no way to consume the amount of calories that you needed. And I wanted to try to feel the best going into the next race. Um, but yoga definitely with the legs up the wall and just trying to find some quiet moments in meditation were kind of what helped me. Um, but the last two, going into Miami, I wasn't sure. My ankle was really bad after Brazil. Um, and there was a doctor on the plane. He had done some acupuncture on my knee, which was really nice. Um, but he taped up my leg and, and he was just like, you just got to go for it. You know, like it's the last one, but my leg was taped up so much that I almost like lost circulation and feeling in the leg. And I just kind of dragged it along with me for the last, the last marathon. I'm like, come on ankle, we got this. (laughs) Um, but it, it, it was just, it's, it was the hardest, it was the best and worst week of my life, you know, and it was probably, and definitely um, the people were amazing and we became like a community and a family and everyone helped each other and really supported each other, which was really nice, but it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And, and, uh, like you said, best and worst, probably certainly something that you're not going to, uh, forget anytime soon. I mean, that's, that's memories that right. you'll take with you forever. Um, getting through that, that last, that last run, um, you know, ankle hanging on, taped up, doing what you got to do. Um, how long ha- has or did the recovery process take um, post, you know, seven seven marathons on seven continents in seven, seven days? days. Um, I'm definitely still recovering. Um, once I finished the race, it was kind of like I couldn't walk. My my leg. So for me, the running wasn't really the hard part. I think a lot of it it was the toll that the travel takes on your body and just being up and down in the airplane. Like mm-hmm. I got very swollen. I had a lot of fluid, like fluid um, retaining water. Like I just felt very puffy. Um, and I'm starting to feel less puffy. Um, but definitely the first few weeks it was terrible. Like my body was so puffy. Like I was like, how did I gain weight from doing all this and not eating? Like, I don't even understand. Like it doesn't make sense, but it was just like the fluid, but it was just, I was just puffy. My ankle, I still have fluid in my ankle. Um, have these, like you could, you could see him like little bubbles. Um, so I put, when I, I had spent like a week kind of just doing nothing. My, my mom was in South Carolina at the time and she came down to see me in Miami and I stayed with her for a week and I was like feet up, had crutches, tried to avoid putting pressure on it. And then when I finally came home to see my sports doctor, he put me in a boot for another two weeks. So I had about three weeks where I was kind of off the ankle and the knee um, all together. 
And now slowly in the last few weeks, I've been able to start to move a little bit more with it. So I um, have been doing a little bit of the elliptical and just started slowly running because I have bursitis in my knee still. So I'm, you know, trying to get back. Right. Um, fortunately, I have a treadmill and an elliptical in my house. So um, I try to do a little bit of that each week, you know. So it's, I guess I'm still somewhat recovering. Right. My legs are finally feeling a little less tired. Um, they felt very tired and heavy for a long time, even like getting on. I mean, I biked, I, I got on the bike two weeks after they said, as long as my, it didn't cause pain and I wasn't doing a lot of, um, hill climbing mm-hmm. or adding a lot of, um, resistance to it. I could just like kind of spin pedal, a little bit, right. um, pedal. So that felt that I was kind of at least doing that. I was swimming with a buoy. Um, I wasn't using my legs. So I had a little bit of that. So I felt good just kind of moving my body. Um, but I'm finally starting to, you know, feel better. And pretty soon the training's going to have to start for, I'm doing an Ironman in uh, August, as long as it all goes well and it can't cancel. Fingers <laughs> crossed that we'll be doing an Ironman in Fingers August. Fingers crossed. I'm like, oh. So uh, that's the plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, and, and I think that, um, and I think that this is something, this is an angle that I've never really uh, gone on with, with the, the couple of conversations I've had with folks that have done the, the world major or world marathon challenge before. Um, is that when you, you put your body through something like that, you know, not only the physical toll of running, but like you said, the physical toll of traveling and, and mm-hmm. how much of a factor that that plays into it, that, uh, you know, sometimes you, you know, some folks get, get through it fairly unscathed and, and the recovery process is, is fairly short, short lived. Um, but you know, you go into something like this and I think that you almost have to be prepared for the idea that it might take a couple of months to really kind of get back mm-hmm. to, to feeling normal afterwards. And, and, um, you know, not that that means you shouldn't do it, but there's just a, a, a piece that I think would be easy for me. And, and quite honestly, I don't think that I even thought about it until hearing what you've been going through and, and kind of how you're feeling and how you're coming back out of it that like, Oh yeah, like something like that. Like it, you might not, it might not be just your standard marathon recovery of, Oh, you know, give it a week, 10 days, something like that, maybe a couple of weeks and, and yeah. you're good to go. Like, you know, it could be a couple of months and that's, you know, not ideal, but not, yeah. not something that shouldn't be considered, you know, taking, right. you know, like that's part of the, part of the process sometimes. It's definitely very mentally challenging too, because you know, I want to, your mind wants to go to the next thing already. Like you're like, okay, check, I finished mm-hmm. this. And I want to immediately go to the next thing. And that have limitations. My body like won't let me go there. And I need to be smart about it. And and this is kind of like the battle, the internal struggle I have with myself all the time. And, and something I just even struggle with my sports doc. I'm like, and I said to him, I'm like, why is it that some folks could, I mean, there was a couple of people on the trip, took a couple of days off and then did another marathon mm-hmm. like a week later. And I'm like, I hate them. Like I'm jealous. <laughs> um, and I don't really hate them, but I was jealous. Right. And, um, you know, but he was like, everyone's different and your body different. How you respond to that is different. But he was like, one of the things that really resonated with me is like, you dug so deep into your well and you really like surpassed the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes time to come back and recover from that. Like you have to like refill up again. You know, right. you can't just expect you're, you're placing all these demands on your body and you can't just expect that after something like that, you're just going to turn around and, and be able to do that. Um, he told me, he's like, be proud of like the pain and like the discomfort and the, the, the hopping around. And he's like, you earned those pains. You earned that fluid in your ankle. Like be proud of it. Um, and don't be so hard on yourself and we'll get you back to where you need to be and you'll lose the weight and you'll, whatever the case was, mm. you know? Um, and that really helped kind of put things in perspective. And it was like, I worked really hard and if I didn't work as hard, then maybe I wouldn't feel as bad. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But, um, I'm grateful for the experience and grateful for the things that I've learned and what it's taught me about myself. Um, so, you know, I'll, it's, it's frustrating when you want to keep moving and, and you can't necessarily, 
Um, but that kind of, I guess, kind of prepared me for this, like quarantine, like there's certain things I want to do and I can't right now, but right. it's part of like the life and the process and you just kind of do what you can and take it day by day. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the name of the game anyway, but certainly now it's just kind of day by day and, and figure it out and, yeah. and, uh, you know, get through today and, and figure out tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I, I know that, uh, we, we're starting to run a little bit close on time, but a couple of things I still want to okay. get to if we, if we have a couple extra yeah, minutes, if, that, if we're not pressed for time, um, no. You know, we mentioned it once already, but I said I wanted to get back to it. The the uh, team determination and and raising yes. raising money for the American Cancer Society as part of this this um, this challenge. How did how did you find that that part of it? I mean, you said, like you said, sixty thousand dollars. Like that's that's a chunk of change. Uh, I mean, I, I uh, right. dipped my toes in the uh, the the charity running waters for the first time uh, this this past January as well for the the Disney the, the Goofy Challenge yeah. at Walt Disney World. And you know, I mean, I, I raised I don't remember it was five thousand dollars something like that, which which you know kind of felt like it was a. a sometimes I struggle to get to that point and I'm just trying to yeah. put you know twelve x in that to this point. Um, how did you find the 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 fundraising part of this puzzle to be, was it, was it a stressor? Was it, did you go as smoothly as could be expected to raise that kind of money? Like how did that part of it play out? Um, that's a good question. So it, it definitely didn't go smooth as I wanted. I think, um, and American exercise is going to have, is, is hosting another, a couple other folks doing the challenge in 2021, which, um, but it's, we were, I was kind of, I would have hoped for more corporate sponsors. So working with them and some of the bigger corporations, but we kind of started late in the game. A lot of the corporations already had their, their sponsorship or, or, or funding kind of already set aside. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed in some of that aspect. Um, but I was incredibly appreciative and about the generosity. Like people are really generous and people really care. And there is so much good in the world and people want to help. They don't always know how to help. Um, so I was, I had like an outpouring of love and support. So I have some very, you know, some very kind people. I mean, but a lot of it, it, it was kind of a second job. Like fundraising is a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to do events like my yoga studio hosted events each week and we had donation classes each week. We had a live DJ event. Um, the biggest chunk of change came from a golf tournament. My husband and I organized in honor of my dad, the Arthur A. Rodell, uh, golf classic that we'll do every year and we'll raise money for the American cancer society this year. It's August 10th over at Forest State country club. So we did that. And that was a big kind of moneymaker where people came out and they golfed and we had this luncheon and we did raffles and prizes. And that was one of the biggest things. Um, you have to think about bigger events that are going to attract more people. I started doing some smaller events, bike classes, things like that. And you might get a, you know, a couple hundred dollars or a thousand dollars here or there, but we kind of had to think big picture. Um, so I, I was also organizing my first 5k, which unfortunately now is, um, had to be postponed, you know, Mm. because of the, because of Corona, but, um, things like that. Uh, and that takes a lot of planning. Um, I'm always up for the challenge and I know it's for a good cause. Uh, it's just, it's just hard. It's a lot of work and thinking outside the box. Um, it's great that you have a lot of people that are just willing to donate, but I like to, to bring people together and bring the community together. And what can I do to, in addition to, you know, donating or raise money for charity, but how can we help the community and, and, and bring everyone in? Yeah. So it's, it's and, tough. It's been a, yeah. It's really tough. Well, and, and, and like you said, I mean, it's, it's to rate, you know, raising that kind of money is, I mean, you know, there's a reason that, 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 all of those, those nonprofits, ha- like, like you said, it's a full-time job. Like people, that's, that's their literal, literal job mm-hmm. every single day is to, to seek out those types of big donations. So, you know, you've got that going for you. Um, and then you've got, like you said, I mean, you're training about 40 hours a week. So there's another full-time job and and then you've actually got your full-time job and then, and then you've got life outside of that. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a demanding process to say the least. So kudos to you for, um, to, you know, 
taking on a challenge like we talked about earlier like the, at the beginning like yeah. you know a big challenge like all right figure it out keep keep uh keep working towards it um and and mm-hmm. talking about your full-time job and and having a yoga studio you know i mean i know that that's that's not a, a small thing either um and, and for those that are in the the jersey area want to give a little plug to empower yoga nj for newjersey.com if you want to check it out once once we can get back to doing things in person and and uh, going to a yoga yeah. class or or uh being you know not having to be social distant all the time uh if you're in the area definitely check it out um but kind of as, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up, Carrie, I would love to um, talk on this, the, the benefits of some type of regular yoga practice for us as runners, endurance athletes, and whatever, whatever form or, or fashion that, we're, that we, you know, everybody listening is. Um, I talk about yoga somewhat regularly, although I'm not, not an expert by any stretch. I, I try to get on the, the mat at least for, you know, in an ideal week, you know, maybe about an hour spread out over a couple, three times, you know, a 20 to 30 minute session yeah. a couple times a week. Um, but, but for you, I mean, it, kind of going back to what you said, I kind of feel like yoga was kind of the first four way, you know, you're into yoga before you were into running. Um, right. but how, how does, you know, for somebody who's, you know, Runners typically tend to not be the most flexible people. You know, there's there's an exception to every rule, but for the most part, we're not uh, we're not the most elastic. And as you look at some of the yoga poses, and you're like, Oof, yeah, I, I, I can't, I'm yeah. not going to not going to be close to that anytime soon. But uh, what what are some benefits from your perspective of a, a regular yoga practice for a running population? For sure, um, I think this is the biggest thing that people say. It's like I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible. And my my argument is like, well, yeah, you. You go to yoga to become to more become flexible. <laughs> um, that's like the whole purpose behind it, right? I mean, the, the nice thing about yoga, there's many different styles and types of yoga. And I think there's kind of misconception that like yoga is like everyone kind of sits around and chants. And, and that's not necessarily the case. There is certain styles of yoga that do that. But I think it's about finding the yoga practice that works for you. For me, um, my practice is, you know, I'm an a- as an athlete, we like to kind of move and do. So I have much more of like a fluid practice. I think there's a time and place for everything where, you know, I'll hold static stretches a little bit longer or, or certain things. But for me, it's like a moving meditation. And a lot of what we do in our power yoga vinyasa class is it's connecting movement and breath. And you just learn to kind of tune into the breath in your body and you start to, you know, yoga teaches you to be really present in the moment. And one of the things I love about getting on my mat is I started to find, um, you know, being able to control my breathing, which has helped my running. And you can kind of find that, like, you know, when you go on like a long run, you can kind of get in the flow or the zone of your run, you know, and you have the endorphins are going, well, it's very similar on the mat as well, where you can kind of start to really appreciate and feel your body um, and start to face challenges. And a lot of what we focus when we do on the mat helps translate off the mat. Like how do you deal with challenges on the mat when uncomfortable poses or positions and how can that help you? Um, but as far as like runners, I mean, tight hips and hamstrings and hip flexors and glutes, um, all things that we do regularly in yoga classes. Um, we start a lot of our classes with that. We activate the core, um, that core engagement is really important. We do a lot of hip stuff. So all that's going to create, um, increase flexibility, mobility and develop stability, which we need as runners. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's a well-balanced kind of practice. It's great for the mind and body and, um, it's fun if you allow yourself to have some fun. And I think the biggest thing that I tell most runners too, is like, check your ego. Like you're not going to be great. Just like in running. Like I wasn't great when I first started running, I was running a 16 minute mile. That's, you know, like I, I, I could walk faster now, you know? Um, and that's okay, but that's where I was. So it's the same thing with yoga. It's like, you have to appreciate where you are, where you're at and get on your mat, do a couple of things, know that, you know, like you'll get there and it'll get easier and better through time. And, um, 
if you really allow yourself to just appreciate what it has to offer and what it can do for you, you'll start to kind of see the changes that it'll take shape and how it will help. And a lot of people that I get now are like, oh my God, you know, CrossFitters too, like this helps my squatting mm-hmm. or it helps um, front squats or, you know, my elbows or my shoulder mobility. Uh, same with runners. I do yoga either before or after, you know, classes. I do certain stretches. It's like warming up. But then afterwards, I like to kind of come grounded stretch and give myself the time um, to kind of feel good. It helps with um, definitely with injury prevention. Um, it's just it's just a nice way to kind of like balance out right. all the things that you do. So right. yeah. Uh, one thing that I've I've noticed with with yoga and, and again I'm no expert, so I'd love to get your your thoughts on this. Um, but you know, a lot of folks, and I may be guilty of this as well sometimes, complain about not having enough time in the day. I, I know I should mm-hmm. do yoga, and I know I should do some strength training. I know I should do this. I know I should do that. I know I should sleep more. Yada yada yada. Where do I find all the time? Um, and so sometimes you know you kind of use that as an excuse to like, well, I don't have time to to get into an hour yoga class or, or whatever the case might be. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking from a couple different angles here, like like you said, and like I've experienced as well with with my limited exposure to yoga. But it's been fairly <laughs> consistent for a couple of years of of about an hour a week. Um, you know, it does kind of tick some of those boxes of doing some strength training stability. Absolutely. Mobility and and recovery. Absolutely. Uh, kind of some relaxation and maybe help to get a little bit better sleep, which is, you know, even if you're not getting more sleep, maybe better quality. So that's going to, going to help as well. Um, stress reliever. Yeah. I mean, it it does, it it does a lot of things. So, you know, yeah, you might struggle to find as much time as you want, but if you can multitask a little bit, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but is there a minimum as far as duration that, that, that you would, would recommend, or is it kind of, my kind of thought is some is always better than none. And sure, if you can get a longer class, right. that's going to be great. But if you can only, you know, quote unquote, only get on your mat for 10 or 15 minutes, like you're still getting benefit right. from that. But you know, for those that are using the time piece as, as their excuse or their reason to not get into it, um, you know, what, what kind of time frame are we talking about that is quote unquote required to really see some type of, of growth and improvement? I mean, the more, the more you spend on time in your mat, the, the quicker you'll see, you know, the changes in your life and in your body. So I feel like if you want to really see the changes um, quicker, um, it, I tell folks two to three times a week. So take an hour class, so that's two or three hours a week. Um, I know it's hard and I, and I know it's hard for fa- you know, parents and with kids and things like that, but it's all about priorities. And if you make it a priority, you're going to do it, right? right? Like we set our priorities. Um, if you're going to, if you make an excuse, it's your excuse. Like you're not going to, but if it's something that's important to you, it's about making the time, make yourself a priority. And I certainly think that like, yes, any time is better than no time. Um, I probably suggest going to like a class an hour a week, learning some of the stuff and then doing some of it on your own when you can fit it in. Um, even if it's like a you know quick little five minute meditation and some stretching in the morning, just to kind of help yourself grounded, um, to center yourself, to, to find a little bit of peace and quiet throughout your day. Um, is a great way to kind of start the day. Um, so any, any little bit is great. It's going to be beneficial, but, um, to get more out of it and see the effect sooner, the more, you know, it's like the more you practice and work on something, the better off you, it it easier it becomes too. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, there's tons of classes out there. I mean, our studio right now, we're offering a lot of zoom classes. Mm -hmm. Um, so live stream, or we have a lot of stuff on our YouTube channel, 30 minute classes, little quick, little stretches for head sweats. Um, on head sweats, I've been doing live Facebook classes every Wednesday geared specifically towards runners. It's about 30 minutes. 
So you can watch that or you can go onto Head Sweat's Facebook page and check that out too if you're kind of interested in learning some of the moves and poses and things like that. Um, you know, and just kind of learning, I think, small steps with everything, right. like gradually. Maybe you build to, you know, two hours, three hours a week, but maybe you start kind of small. But just allow, giving yourself permission to do it and to set the time aside is kind of like the first step. Yeah, and I, I, that's that's, I think, encourage, I hope encouraging to folks that maybe have never really done yoga before is that, you know, yeah, maybe the ideal, I hate to say ideal, but maybe, you know, maybe the, the, the sweet spot really yeah. is to get a couple of hour sessions per, you know, a couple of single hour sessions. So, you know, two to three hours total per week. But just like for running, like when somebody gets new to running, it's not like, hey, just go out and run a marathon today. Like, right, you know, it's, right, it's start right. with, with couch to 5K. It's start with, with just walking a little bit or whatever and, and building up. And, and, you know, I think that, that, Again, for me, I kind of struggled with that for a while until I was just like, you know what, like, like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that. Like it's not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not earth shattering, but it's a, it's a chunk I can handle. And then you start to build to right. it. And then, you know, it starts to get to the point where it's like, gosh, I wish I had more than 20 minutes today, but you know, the way things have shaken out, whatever, like right. at least I've got my 20 minutes, but then on the days that I can get 40 minutes or an hour or whatever, like right. it's even, even sure. better. Um, but yeah, keep building to it. Now- Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say now could be a perfect time. And, and a lot of folks that are home or, you know, you have an opportunity to try new things and maybe, maybe yoga is something that you try and kind of right. incorporate. And even if you get the family involved, you know, everybody do it. I was just um, going to say the same thing, thing. Dude, you know, get, get your kids to do it with you or your spouse, partner, yeah. whatever, like, like, you know, and, and then, you know, make it fun, you know, as opposed to feeling like maybe, yeah. Yeah, again, thinking about, about folks or maybe some hesitations I've had where it's like, I'm a little intimidated to go to the, the studio to do it for my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, now you get, get right. the family around. Nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's laughing, yeah. having a good time. You, you streaming it on Facebook or on, on YouTube, whatever. Uh, so we'll certainly uh, make sure to, to link up to some of those, those uh, resources you mentioned, your YouTube channel, things like that. So people can get a little taste. Uh, we'll link those Absolutely. in the show notes and, and check it out. So I was going to say, wherever people live, I think supporting local businesses, checking out Lane Mead Studios in the area that might have some live classes um, is really helpful. And, and especially during this time, you know, helping out, you know, people, um, it's a great benefit to benefit you can benefit other people. Um, so try it out. Get, yeah. We offer family yoga Monday and Wednesday mornings for everybody, all ages, abilities, uh, 9 a.m. So you can check that out, you know, have breakfast, do some yoga, get kids, you know, schoolwork on online, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. So awesome. But, awesome. Well, definitely going to keep, I'll look forward to checking some of that stuff out and hope some other folks do as well. So as, as we're wrapping up you. and again, apologize for uh, taking a little longer than uh, I told yeah. you I was going to, but I uh, appreciate your, your willingness to roll with it here. Um, just kind of one last final question, kind of very open ended. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of one of my least favorite questions to ask because it's kind of a terrible one, kind of like the marathon at the end of a, of an yeah. Ironman versus a marathon in, in general. But, uh, would just be curious, you know, with the, it's the predict the future question, which is, which is, again, it's a terrible one because who knows, you know, like, who would have ever thought that we'd be dealing with being locked at home because of, of, of right. vi- I guess maybe some people do, but for the most part, most of us didn't see this coming at all. Um, but you know, you, you've got, you've got the world majors, you've got the world marathon challenge, uh, done, done Ironmans. What's, what's next? What's, what's the next big challenge? Have you thought at all about what the next big challenge might <laughs> be or what you're, what, uh, you're setting your sights towards going forward? Um, I'm going to do Ultraman Arizona, hopefully next March. So it was supposed to take place this March. They postponed it till November. I'm not sure if it's going to take place in March as well. Um, but that is uh, my next thing. I have my race resume all set up. The applications were supposed to open yesterday. or wait, Today's the 3rd, so over April 1st. And I reached out to them, and I'm like, do you have a date for next March? Because I'm already thinking about what I want to do. And uh, Ultraman's like, bigger than double Ironman. Um, it's a three day stage event where you're swimming, 
um, six miles and, and biking 90 miles in one day. And then you're biking, um, like 180 miles the second day, and then you're running, uh, 52 miles the third day. So that's kind of my next big thing. Ultraman Arizona, um, hopefully next March. Oof, so that's, I think that yeah. that counts as as, as, as a big challenge. It's another step forward. Whew, my my mind is going to be still on that. Scared of. Yeah, that's I talked about earlier about a mile swim being a long ugh, times that by six. Goodness gracious! But uh, certainly, yeah. uh, wish you wish you nothing but the best with that. And uh, thank um, you. I mean, so many things we didn't get to today that I that I was at least as possibilities of things to talk about CrossFit and we got into yoga a little bit, all the, all the different things, but, uh, certainly enjoyed the conversation. Hope it was, was something that you enjoyed as well. And, oh, and uh, amazing. Thanks, thank you. Thanks for all the, 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 the time. Thanks for, uh, for taking the time today and so wish you nothing but the best going forward guys. Once again, uh, yoga com is the website on Instagram at iron yogi 14, uh, empower yoga NJ nj for new jersey dot uh, com is the website for the the local uh, yoga stuff if you're in that area um and definitely well, like i said we'll have links to, to the youtube and the facebooks and things like that for some yoga things if people want to check those out uh everything will be found disruns.com slash 842 so carrie thanks again for the time all the best going forward Thank happy you. happy recovery finish up that recovery from world world uh, marathon challenge and uh good luck with uh you know things going forward this year and beyond i uh, certainly appreciate the time Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Carrie and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something of the many things that we talked about that really kind of resonated with you today? Uh, for me, it's it's kind of going back to the, the beginning-ish of the episode, but it certainly filters through to some of the stuff that Carrie has done. The idea that uh, I think that all of us, certainly myself, I'm not going not gonna to throw you under the bus, but I certainly will throw myself under the bus, uh, and capable of more than maybe I give myself credit for, uh, capable of more than, um, than I think is possible. And sometimes, a lot of times maybe, that means that I'm not pushing myself as far as I could go uh, because I don't, you know, don't necessarily think something is possible. And clearly, um, you know, Carrie has kind of overcome that with, you know, from the very beginning part of it, talking about how, you know, she would watch marathons, but not want to run them fast forward to, you know, a couple of months ago, running seven marathons in, in seven days, literally going around the entire world to do so. Um, and who knows what's next and looking forward to, to more big things and, and continuing to push yourself and, and I sit here and go, yeah, I, I think I think she's right. We are capable of more than we give ourselves credit for. I am I I don't push myself like that. And if I did, what what could I do? What could I do from a running perspective? What could I do from a business perspective? What could I do from a, a family perspective, an interpersonal relation, like every area of my life? I'm probably capable of pushing myself more. And if I did. What would, what would be the result? What, what, what did I think is impossible would become possible just by pushing myself more, believing that I'm capable of pushing myself more. Um, yeah, that's, so that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway is that I need to light that fire under my tuchus and, and go and, and believe that, that big things are possible. Push myself and see what happens. Hey, maybe I, maybe I, you know, push myself to, um, you know, try something different or to, to train a different way or whatever. And it doesn't quite work out, but does it still move me farther ahead than what I had been doing? Probably does. Probably does. So 
you know, that's that's something that's been stewing in my mind pretty much ever since uh, you know we finished recording the, the the episode the first time and listening back through it again. Um, just capable of more, capable of more. Push myself, see what happens. Maybe that's something you need to do. Maybe you're already doing it, but uh, it's certainly an area that I could do better at is pushing myself more to just find out what I'm capable of and getting towards that that limit. So that's something that's that's still going to be rattling around my head for a while. Um, and hopefully, hopefully I'll start putting it into practice and you'll start to see some of the, the fruits of my, uh, attempts at achieving what I'm capable of. But, uh, until then I would love to know what is your takeaway from today? What stood out to you from today's episode? Uh, let me know at disruns on Twitter at disruns on Instagram. You can also send an email of course to disruns at gmail.com and uh, let me know your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. You can also head over to the show notes for today's episode, which you can get to at disruns.com slash 842. We've got photos, links, the whole nine yards. And uh, we also got the comment box down at the bottom of the page. So you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. And then the conversation can continue when other people visit the show notes in the future. So uh, whichever works best for you, I always love to hear it. So let me know your thoughts, feedbacks, and takeaways from today's episode. And don't forget, today's episode is brought to you by my friends, Carrie's friends as well, over at, at, uh, at, at Head Sweats. Uh, and, and again, you can go to, uh, you can support the show and step up your hat game by going to disruns.com slash head sweats, which is just going to redirect you right to their homepage. Uh, but it, it throws a couple of shackles my way. And then you can also save yourself 35% by using the code disruns35, disruns35 at checkout. Uh, to save yourself 35% on anything you order from Head Sweats. So uh, thanks to Head Sweats for, uh, for letting me be part of the team today and supporting the show uh, as an affiliate partner. And uh, thanks to you guys for supporting supporting the supporters, which helps uh, keeps things going and growing. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up for today. Thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, tell a friend. And uh, until next time, please be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk soon. See you guys. <laughs>